if I could go back and tell myself one thing other than to buy Bitcoin, it would be <laughs> um, <laughs> it would be definitely to start it sooner. Yeah. And it doesn't even have to be on a big scale. It, you know, don't quit your job yeah. to go and start something tomorrow, but go and start something tomorrow and yeah. just start it off small and just see what you can make of it. And you never know where it could take you. And it doesn't matter if you're 18 and fresh out of school <laughs> or 48 and you've been in a career for most of your life. Yeah. If you've got an idea... Go and have a go and see what you can make of it because you just don't know what doors it could open. So I got ChatGPT to write a poem (laughs) about getting your hair cut and leasing a car. Printed that on the back of the leaflets and put them in the barber shop. Welcome to another episode of Business on a Beanbag. We are joined by James from Ready to Lease. Good afternoon. How are you? Good, thanks. Yes. Excellent. What have you been up to? Uh, what, today or recently? Every day of your life. What's been going on? Um, I've just had a weekend in Snowdon for a, a boy's trip up the mountain. So Very nice. Uh, kind of recovering from that a little bit. A bit smoked out by all the bonfires. <laughs> Um, my hair still smells of smoke, so that's nice. <laughs> yeah, it's like when you sit too close to the barbecue. <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. So I can't get rid of that. Um, but yeah, nice to have a few days away, and I've got a little bit of a suntan to go with it. So can't Nice, complain. nice. You can't, can't complain. How's business? Business is good, yeah. Um, been full-time now since the start of April, so uh, we're into our third, third full-time month, but third year nice. of actually trading. So... Oh. Yeah, it's every day's a learning day, but every day's better than the last as well. <laughs> Only if you're learning from the mistakes and stuff. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. But yeah, there's a lot to a lot to take on board when you're trying to do a lot of things as well. I've got to spin a lot of plates. Definitely. Yeah, I think you have to. Um, but for those that don't know, James is the owner of Ready to Lease. Um, so I'm basically going to hand it over to him just for a couple of minutes, uh, just so he can delve into you know what he's about, where he's come from, uh, and why he does what he does, really. So I guess, James, over to you. Um, thanks. So, I'm I'm not the only owner of Ready to Lease. I'll probably start by saying that. Yep. So, uh, there's two of us: there's myself and Jeff. We we joint shareholders in the business, mm-hmm. um, and we run it from our office in Aylston. Um, originally, there was a, a few other directors, but they've since moved on. So, the business is set up to do personal and business leasing. We do cars, we do vans, um, and over the three years, we've we've supplied a bit of everything and anything really to people all over the country. So. Cool. Our main aim is to be as competitive as we can, provide that level of service, that kind of friendly level of service as well. You know, that no obligation kind of will give people advice and it doesn't really matter if they buy from us or not. We just want to see people make the right decision for the cars. Um, And it's the the passion for cars and um, everything motoring really that that drives it forward. Is that predominantly why you sort of ventured into this world, that, that sort of passion and love for, you know? motors cars and such um yeah i mean i wouldn't consider myself to be a petrol head mm-hmm. as such as the saying goes um but i've always loved cars i've always had an interest in them um and having spent a long time working for a, a big lender in that industry yeah um i sort of fell in love with it and then when i came out of it i just wanted to be back in it so okay when the opportunity to start ready to lease came up it was a bit of a a no-brainer, really, to give it a go. And my only regret, my only regret, is that I didn't do it sooner. Uh, every, you know, everyone says that. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Is yeah. it? 
like so obviously running your business is this something that you fell into is it something you've always wanted to do you know did it sort of present itself accidentally I guess definitely something I've always wanted to do um the only thing I really excelled at at school was sort of business and maths mm-hmm. um and then when I left school and fell into jobs as, as a salesman it kind of just fits that yeah. you know a bit working in sales you want to do more than just selling you want to you want to run the show and you want to, you know, be the decision maker. And of I always remember an old boss said, you know, the, the best directors are salesmen and accountants. Uh-huh. And I sort of felt like I had a little bit of each of those. So, you know, little little tits, bits like that kind of give you the, the inspiration to go for it. What actually brought the opportunity about then? So obviously if this is something you've done, you've wanted to do for a while. Why did you wait so long and how did it come about that you actually got to start? Um, why did I wait so long? I mean, I did have, I did try a couple of very small businesses previously, but yeah. I never really gave it my, my best, to be honest with you. I yeah. never really invested anything in them. Um, and they were more just like short term ideas. This one came around off the back of COVID mm-hmm. when, um, along with a lot of other people, I think I was just sitting around <laughs> and your mind wanders and you have ideas. And then an old colleague rang me and said, I've got this idea. And, and that was the start of it, really, and loads of different names for it, and a lot of them were bad. Um, but eventually, we settled on ready to lease, and yeah, the rest is history. When you were sort of setting up in those early stages, I mean, there are plenty of leasing companies out there. I assume you've got plenty of competitors that you're constantly, Definitely. you know, monitoring. Yeah. Um, how did you sort of decide or go about differentiating yourself against your competitors and, and everyone else out there? I mean, the main comp- it's obviously a quite a, a cost driven industry um the main competitors are very big they're very aggressive in their marketing Mm. but i don't think they're very personable yeah i think they're very much a bit of a call center type environments um and not everybody wants to deal with people like that yeah we've a lot of our successes come with um dealing with private individuals or smaller businesses whereby maybe they can't get a lease with one of the bigger companies sure um but we try and work around that and support smaller companies so that they can get cars especially for newer businesses um so it was really about that that personal touch really is what our is our usp Yeah. yeah yeah um and that's what we try to work towards. We we obviously talked to quite a few people on this podcast. We've had sort of guests and business owners from all kind of different walks of life. But one conversation we seem to have quite a lot is actually exactly what you've just said around that personable touch being missing in quite a lot of sectors. Um, and I think obviously it's great if your company can take off and get to that sort of size, but you do sort of compensate like giving that personal service. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I think like especially marketing wise and business growth wise, that sort of human touch is huge. Yeah. Um, do you enjoy that sort of part of the business interacting with people? Do you enjoy the numbers side of it? Or what's the sort of thing that you love getting your teeth into most about running it? Um I would say the numbers bit, although um, I can do it, it's not my favourite part of it. My favourite part of it is talking to people about cars and yeah. and arranging deals and, and working through what their problem is and how I can find a solution for them. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. definitely the best bit for me. If I could spend every day out meeting customers, then that's definitely what I'd be doing. Cool. And how do you go about actually bringing those customers through the doors? Um Loads of different ways. Obviously, I'm doing some work with you guys at Altitude. <laughs> um, we put stuff on comparison sites, which is how we, we get some stuff from outside of Leicestershire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Word of mouth, obviously, is really important for us. Um, referrals and, and LinkedIn and social media and that kind of thing is where most of our business comes from. Sure. And what's your ideal sort of client? Oh, um, 
ideal client. <laughs> uh, somebody who knows a little bit about what they want. Yeah. Um, because sometimes people say, I want a car with four seats and four wheels. And it's, <laughs> there's a lot of cars out there with four seats and four wheels. So um, somebody who's got a bit of an idea of, of sure? what they're after. Um, yeah, yeah. But not too much. Otherwise, then it's <laughs> I can't give them any, any steer. But yeah, yeah so somebody who's got a bit of an idea of what they're after, a bit of a passion for what they're looking for. Yeah. Um, and is sort of engaged in more than just the numbers. Yeah, 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 yeah. So looking for something a little bit more than that bottom line that is the price. Yeah, definitely. Actually. You know, if, if a car is just a car to you, then the then the price is just the price. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is absolutely fine. You know, we have lots of customers that operate on that basis, especially businesses mm -hmm. who have pool cars and such. It's all about the bottom line. Yeah, yeah. And that's absolutely fine. We all have to operate on a business level. Mm -hmm. um, but likewise, if you've got somebody who's really interested in the cars and... Um, you know that that makes the conversations flow a little bit more, and you can yeah, really yeah. get into it. Well, and when you've got someone like that that's sort of on the same sort of level as you, yeah. you can have a little bit of that nerd off with someone about cars and stuff. It's, yeah, definitely. You develop um, a relationship, don't you? Yeah, definitely. I, um, somebody ordered a car from us last week, which is the same car as I drive. And when the inquiry came through, I couldn't I couldn't wait to pick up the phone <laughs> and talk to them because it was it was the car I drive, and yeah, therefore yeah. I had a lot of passion for it. And I was excited for them that they were going to get. The same car that I I enjoy driving. Were so. you just more excited about meeting a, a possible new friend? <laughs> a little bit. Um, my wife did catch me waving at a fellow, somebody else that drives the same car. I didn't wave. I just kind of raised a couple of fingers off my steering wheel and she laughed and she mocked me. Um, so I don't do it anymore. <laughs> You're one of those guys in the private owners clubs, like uh, <laughs> waving to your colleagues across yeah, the Yeah, I am in a couple of those clubs on Facebook, although I tried to steer clear of them. But What is the um, dynamic like between you and the other director for Ready to Lease? Um, so I've known Jeff for a long time. We used to work together together at um the big lender that i worked for got a great relationship yeah. he has different skill sets to me which mm -hmm. is perfect really because we complement each other he loves the the pricing side of things and mm -hmm. the the spreadsheets and the <laughs> analytics and that kind of stuff um whereas i'm sales and marketing focused so sure. we both do a bit of everything but we definitely have our defined roles and yeah, yeah. um yeah we have we have a bit of banter and a few laughs and yeah, it's good. Good. And and have you ever sort of like butted heads or struggled to work something out? Um, I wouldn't say we've butted heads, although we've only been in that little office for three months. So oh, this I'm time, sure, yeah. I'm sure the time will come. <laughs> um, but but generally speaking, we're very much, everything's up front, we're transparent, yeah. we don't hold back on anything. And we just both want the best for the business and for the customers. Sure. So sure. with that, you know, we've both got the same goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, we, you know, we're generally on the same team. What's, or I suppose, how have you both sort of defined what growth looks like to you? You know, what are your sort of targets, aims of the next few years? How did you work those out? And you, where, where do you want to go? Um, we've both got similar ambitions for the business that we want to grow it and we want to take people on and, you know, we want to make more of it. But for me, it's not about, the business has never been about making loads of money or, yeah. you know, flash houses and flash cars. That kind of stuff isn't really that important. For me, I want I want a business that I love coming into work every day. Yeah, the people enjoy it, and and there's fun. You know, I want to walk in, and, and the whole place is fun, and it's live, and it's vibrant, yeah. and we're, you know, we're selling cars, and we're having fun at the same time, and and people mm -hmm. appreciate the work that we do. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. what success looks like to me. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. not about Ferraris and big houses and big holidays because none of that stuff really means anything in the long term. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, I've got, I've got a young daughter. And I want to make something that she can inherit one day. Yeah, yeah um, absolutely. 
so that's important as well lovely i guess it's it's quite nice to hear that kind of thing i think a lot of business owners that we've spoken to have had similar sort of like ideals around like the growth and what their success looks like um so for ready to lease to be successful or you to to deem it a success what would that actually look like is that a team of so many people is it a nice big office is it the fact that like you said everyone is just happy and working towards the same goal what does that sort of success look like for you um i think the people element is the main thing you know i'd love to walk in and we'd have you know a dozen sales people and marketing people and accountants and, and all of that just the, yeah. just the people around that make a business what it is yeah a business is about the people at the end of the day sure so you know the more people you have if they're all a good fit that's what makes it come to life and that's what makes it when you walk in it has that <laughs> life about yeah, it yeah yeah um so yeah that's that's definitely what success looks like and yeah you know if we had a big office to go with it that would be lovely but mm -hmm. it it's not the be all and end all no no and what sort of um, problems have you faced? Obviously, starting up post-COVID, I assume it's not been complete smooth sailing. And then you've obviously made the transition into you know full-time with Ready to Lease. Yep. So, so what stumbling blocks have you sort of encountered and how have you handled them? Um, stumbling blocks were with with any... Because leasing is a financial product, there's um, some red tape around that yeah, with yeah. regulation and such. Um, because the, the bigger companies dominate the market in a lot of areas, they... Um, almost stop you from entering it there's there's barriers okay. to entry yeah which make it harder mm -hmm. um so things like that have been difficult to overcome but because of relationships i've got from the past that's helped mm -hmm. um and i guess the the other the other toughest part has been the marketing of the business okay yeah. i'm not i'm not a naturally creative person at all mm -hmm. um so marketing is a tough thing to do yeah especially yeah. with social media i'm I, I didn't grow up in the social media era as <laughs> yeah, such, yeah, and therefore yeah. it doesn't really come natural to me. Yeah. I'm quite private as well, so I don't really get ingrained quite in difficult. social media. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, that. So that's tough, but you know, reaching out to people like yourselves and other businesses has helped. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, networking is not really my bag, if mm -hmm, you like, mm -hmm. but yeah, I've been yeah. trying to do more and more of it because I know it's really useful and definitely, um, yeah, you know, yeah. it's not what you know, it's who you know, isn't it? Oh so. yeah, absolutely. I think networking is, it's a, it's a difficult or tricky one because some people absolutely love it. They yeah. live from for yeah. networking and others. I mean, I don't particularly like it, but I have been to a few groups. I actually like really enjoyed it. Yeah. I think that's just down to the type of group it is. And I think, like you said, just trying a few different ones and just finding where you fit a little yeah, bit. Definitely. Um, Cause it's all about the relationships at the end of the day. You know, you're, you're trying to build relationships with your clients and to do that, you do have to get a little bit of networking, I guess. And uh, yeah, you do. And networking helps your reputation. Reputation mm. is everything, isn't it? Word yeah, of mouth yeah. is really important. A lot of our business comes from, referrals yeah um and obviously the more referrals you get the more referrals you get so yeah. that's that's really really important to yeah. us um what would be the top three things that you would say to someone just starting out on a new business venture whether it's in a different industry or sector or whatever what would you say to them three things to consider um patience would definitely be the first thing yeah i think a lot of people when they start a business they they want it to to work and be successful almost straight away yeah. and it, it takes a really long time and it takes a lot of work and you have to make mistakes and you spend money in places that you think are going to work and it doesn't mm -hmm. and things mm -hmm. like that so patience is really important yeah, yeah. um number two i would say it's about who you know not just what you know so <laughs> yeah. if yeah. you've got relationships people lean on them yeah. it doesn't matter if they're in different industries or not if you know people who run businesses yeah 
or they don't even have to run a business. They don't have to have hold a senior position. But if you know people who work in marketing or accounting or sales or whatever it might be, yeah, then talk, sit down and talk to them, buy them a drink and just pick the brains. And yeah, yeah, even yeah. when you can see it in the face that they're thinking, God, why is he asking me so many questions? <laughs> Until they say, stop asking me questions. Keep asking <laughs> questions because you won't, you don't know what you might learn if you don't ask. Yeah. Um, and number three. I can hear the cogs going. I think define what success means to you from the outset. Yeah. Whether that, yeah. if, if that's financial, great. If it's not, then that's fine as well. Yeah. 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 But understand what success means for you now, in a week's time, in a month's time. Yeah. And in 10 years' time. Yeah. You know, having a, a list of things to say, right, I've got to, I've got to achieve these things. And if I achieve them, in a month's time, then I've made a success of that month. Yeah. Then you can look back on it and say, well, that worked. And yeah. having a plan, having a strategy yeah. is really important. Yeah, definitely. It's one of those things I think a lot of business owners go into it like head first, like really excited. I mean, if they're anything like I am, it's like every shiny new idea, I'm <laughs> doing that next. I'm yeah. not finished that idea, but then it's on to the next one. Yeah. Um, but I think that strategy is like absolutely key, especially I like the point around like defining what success looks like because I think so many people don't actually think about it enough they just think oh it's either i want to reach a million turnover in the first year or yeah they, they don't ever actually define what would make them happy and i think as business owners we're often sort of looking for the next big thing the next big win yeah um and we're constantly chasing for that and actually taking a pause and reflecting on like okay what do i actually want what's going to actually make me happy yeah because the end of the day we all want to be happy right yeah um and i think that's a big part of it and it's so easily like overlooked I think happiness comes definitely comes from what you do in your day to day. Mm -hmm. You know, if you spend 40, 50 hours a week in that office, you have to enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. You have to enjoy what you're doing and the people that you're surrounded with. Yeah. And actually, that's far more important than the car that you then drive home in or the yeah. house that you drive home to. Yeah. It's how you spend your time is what defines your happiness. Absolutely. I completely agree. Um, I know it's only been a short period of time, I guess, since Ready to Lease has become a full-time venture for you yeah. um have you seen anything within that sector or just in the business world in general that's like changed or you've had to adapt to in the time that you've been doing it um i wouldn't not over the last couple of months really because um it's quite a short period of time nothing extravagant has occurred but certainly since we started mm -hmm. when we first started electric cars were few and far between yeah we sold a couple of them but they weren't there's not really that much demand for them Whereas now probably 50% of every inquiry we get is for an electric car. Oh, interesting. So talking to people about that, talking them through things like how far it can go, range anxiety is, you know, it's a, <laughs> a really big thing, especially yeah. for business drivers doing yeah. higher mileage. They're worried about it. Um, but people want to reduce their carbon footprint. They want to go electric. They just don't quite, they're not convinced themselves. Yeah. So having that conversation with people, you really need to know your stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and that's certainly been a big change through the industry because when I did it before as an employee, there were no electric cars. It wasn't right. even a consideration for people. Yeah. Um, whereas now it's, it's very much a hot topic. In fact, everybody that we talk to, even if they talk to us about a different car, we often ask them, are you considering electric? Okay. Um, because it may well be that they are, but they're, they're not clued up on it enough or yeah. they've got things they think, there's things about it that, that won't work for them, whatever reason, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. sometimes you can help them overcome that. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like just down to educating your customer, isn't it, at the end of the day? Definitely. Um, I, yeah, I used to I used to have a saying with an old colleague of mine 
um i used to say how you know how do you do so well at this that or the other and i used to say educate your customers <laughs> and i'm sure he'll listen to this and he'll laugh because he'll know i'm talking about him but definitely it's it's really important your customers yeah. they they're coming to you because they want your expertise they yeah, want your yeah. advice so yeah. you know don't shove it down their throats but if they you know if you can give them something that helps them make a decision yeah, yeah, then yeah. you know the more you share the better there's this whole um there's a big movement at the minute into something called story brand which is a a method of marketing it it came from the states um but it's been around a few years now but that is essentially all around that sort of educating your customer from uh, a, a guide position so in every film story in any storyline in a book there's always the guide the hero and the sort of beginning middle and end yeah and i think a lot of businesses position themselves as like the hero but they're not they are the guide yeah i think it's just taking that step back and actually just guiding your customers and helping them uh, in an honest way <laughs> um but i guess you have to really really be a passionate about what you do and knowledgeable so obviously with this huge sort of um push into like the electric vehicle world yeah how have you um and your business partner managed sort of Stay up to date because there's a there's a lot of changes, and with the amount of different vehicles and things and configurations that I guess you sell, yeah, you've had to really sort of keep your research up. And how do you sort of go about that? Is there like forums you're a part of? Do you do research a lot? How do you sort of how do you do it? Um, a bit of everything, I suppose. I'd say research is the main part. Every time a new model comes to market, you know, we load the rates onto the website, we read about it, we understand what's involved, what the specifications are. Yeah, we write a bit about it, and obviously, you know, you write about something that kind of helps you yeah. learn it and ingrain yeah, yeah. it. Um, vans actually is is a much harder element of that because okay. there's so many different variations, especially with electric vans. People want to know if I load two tons of something in the back, how does that impact it and that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah th there's a lot to learn. Um, but I suppose keeping up to date with what the manufacturers are doing. The manufacturers don't hide away from it. You know, they yeah. shout about it, they advertise it all the time. So picking up on what they're doing and understanding what they're doing and what they're doing differently yeah. is really important. And we'll see a lot of change in that coming soon because the electric cars are driving new manufacturers that you won't have heard of right. into the UK with good cars, really mm -hmm. good cars. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and you won't have seen these brands, have heard of these brands before, but they're good cars and they're really oh, cost-effective okay. as well. So... You know, for your, for your BMWs and your Audis, watch out because the uh, <laughs> the landscape is changing. Yeah, is that um, overseas manufacturing? Is that UK manufacturing? Where are these sort of new brands coming from? Yeah, absolutely overseas, Asia, China. Yeah. Um, there's a company called BYD. Okay. We've got two new cars coming to the UK. Uh, one called a Dolphin and one called a Seal, mm -hmm. um, and they're fantastic. The the technology is un unrivaled. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, yeah. it's really really good. They're lighter weight, they've got great range, they're cost effective and they look good as well. So yeah, yeah there'll definitely be some change on the UK roads <laughs> coming soon. I guess what's your favourite thing about being a business owner? Um, I would say the freedom to make decisions, Yeah. to yeah. do things that are different, to make changes on the spot, make decisions on the spot um, and have fun whilst you're doing it as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, even to do this today, I can come here and, and talk to you and talk about the business and nobody has to sign it off. <laughs> so I could yeah, literally yeah. say anything yeah. I like. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I just like that freedom element to it of, of being your own boss and, and making your own destiny. And yeah. I want, like I said earlier, I want to make Ready to Lease a great pace, place for people to come and work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that'll be then my influence of what I think yeah. is a great place to work. So yeah. Um, 
yeah, that's my favourite thing about it. <laughs> and, be, and being optimistic, you know, I can see, I can see into the future and say, you know, if I work hard, if I do X, Y, and Z, then I can yeah. achieve this. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, um, yes, you can do that in employment, but you're not, you don't have the same level of control. What have you learned about yourself since you've started this venture? Um, that I don't know as much as I thought I did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's honesty. That's good. Yeah. I, um. I suppose you kind of have this belief that if you're good at sales, then you can just go out and do it. Yeah. But that is not enough on its own. Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff that you just don't realize that, that you need to do or that you need to be a part of. You know, even going out and finding our own office space. I've never done that before. So mm -hmm. what am I looking for? How do I find a good deal? Who do I talk to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do I set it up? How do I pay the business rates? Yeah. There's just so many things that you just don't haven't done before. So yeah, how yeah. could you know about it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, def definitely that. I, I didn't realise how much I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I learned something new every day. Awesome. <laughs> what was the first thing you did? So when you were taking Ready to Lease um, from an idea to actually setting up the business, what was the first few things that you did initially? At the very, very start? Yeah. The first things we did was we, the, the three of us that were involved at the time, we met in a shisha bar in Leicester. Nice. And... Um, had a cup of coffee and and went through as many different names as we could possibly come off <laughs> off the top of our head. Um, talked about sort of what we were looking to achieve, how we'd go yeah. about it, what we were going to do, who was going to do what, mm -hmm. um, and how the business was going to operate. I think the name actually was is like the it's the first thing you kind of have to do. What am yeah. I going to call it? What are we going to be called? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's quite a hard decision as well, yeah. especially when there's a few of you. Yeah, because you can't just call it James's leasing or <laughs> JM leasing. It has to be a, a, a general name. So, yeah, that was the first thing we did. It's like when you're, you're trying to think of names for your for your child, and it's like, well, I've got to say this name like a yeah, dozen times a day. Time. I've got to like it. Yeah, absolutely. Or your pet or something like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, you yeah. reel off loads of them, don't you? As to what sounds, <laughs> what sounds good. Yeah, um, definitely. Did you have any really bad ones? Um, the first one, the first one that we wrote down was Ready Steady Lease. Okay. Um, I'm glad we've been that. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't great. Um, we had a few others. I can't remember. Horizon leasing, I think, was was quite a, a popular one at one point. Mm -hmm. But I, you know what? I've still got the original business plan we wrote in my folder at the office. <laughs> and there's all sorts of random stuff written on that document in badly scrawled pen. Um, I'll dig it out and send you a few of the bad yeah, names. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. It'd, it'd be good to sort of see how that original business plan actually sort of like weighs up compared to how, like, where you are now. It's miles apart. Is it? It's miles apart. Yeah. When Jeff came on board, um, I sat down and I went through it actually because there's a few bits that in there that I wanted to pick out and share with him about in the original business plan. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, it's nowhere near what it, what it originally was. Not that we're not doing the same thing, but the way we're doing it and. Yeah. Things like that have changed dramatically. Has that been like a, a natural sort of like growth and change? Or has it been something you've had to actually sort of consciously change? A bit of both, really. We got to a stage after about 12 or 13 months whereby we needed a bigger variety for our customers. People were coming to us and asking for, I remember um, our very first customer ordered a, a car from us. And then he rang me a few months later and said he wanted a Polestar. And at the time, we couldn't mm -hmm. supply mm -hmm. Polestar because we didn't have the right... Um, we we didn't have the right lenders in place. Yeah, yeah. And it was things like that that made us realise actually we need to change something. We need to grow okay. because otherwise we're not going to be able to fulfil all of the requests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did you sort of like weigh up the risk? So obviously you're coming to the end of your employed position, I guess. 
what was the sort of biggest risk that you were sort of trying to weigh up in your head before committing to full time? Um, still got to pay the mortgage. <laughs> That's probably the main thing. Yeah. Um, th- that was the only risk, really, yeah. was the fact that obviously, you know, we've all got bills to pay. Um, nursery bills are an absolute killer, mm-hmm, as I'm mm-hmm. sure you know. Yeah. Um, and such. But to be honest, other than that, there wasn't that much risk. The okay. business was trading. Yeah. We had a good reputation. We, I didn't have any problems in the business. Nice. Um, I'd saved up some money personally to make sure I could see myself through and I wasn't putting too much pressure on myself. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, there's, there's always an element of risk involved in taking on a business, but yeah. it was um, uh, planned. It's clearly worked out, hasn't it? Yeah, it, it has worked out. The, the risk was planned. You know, it yeah. wasn't just, it wasn't a gamble. Yeah, yeah. I think that's um, that's quite important because, you know, as as business owners, there's, there's that fine like line or that fine divide where it's, you've got the, the risk takers that are just willing to sort of go at a flip of a hat. Yeah. And others are quite calculated and i think yeah. that mixture of both is probably is what you need as a business owner you need to take those risks yeah but you do need to take a moment and contemplate you know the pros and the cons and stuff yeah definitely calculated risk that was the word i was looking for a minute ago <laughs> you need a bit of both you yeah. need to have calculated risk and you also need to say actually that's a good idea let's do it yeah, yeah. let's not think yeah. about it too much yeah, yeah it's not gonna it's not gonna yeah. make or break us but it could be a good thing so let's go and do it the best ideas like are always those like off the cuff ones though that you're a little bit unsure about yeah yeah, like we've had ideas in the office, and it's like we've we've been hell bent on the fact that this is going to be amazing. Like yeah. This is going to change the world, and it's just flopped on its face. Yeah. And then we've had ideas that they've just come about in conversation. Naturally, we've gone, oh, let's give it a whirl, see what happens. And they've actually they've blown up. Yeah. Um, and I think if you have to think about anything too hard, it can sometimes be a little bit too clinical. You can overdo it, can't you? Oh, you can yeah. overthink things. Yeah, yeah. Um, if it looks like it's going to work, then then give it a go. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. It's testing, isn't it? Um, we spoke about it on the um, on one of our most recent episodes of, you know, marketing and business. They they do go hand in hand, but the one thing that is common, you know, underneath everything is testing, and yeah. having that open mind to give something a go. If it doesn't work, why didn't it work? Learn from it, implement the changes, see what happens next. Yeah. Um. But you sort of see it all the time where you businesses will try something and know, for for two weeks. It's not quite getting the results that they were hoping for, and then okay, yeah. let's turn that off. No, you're gonna keep it going, make a couple of amends, and, and see what happens. Yeah. Um. So I guess whilst we're on the subject of um, marketing, we've touched that um, briefly earlier, but sort of how do you market ready to lease? I know you mentioned obviously you've got referrals, yeah, um, which is obviously a, a big um, aspect for any business. But sort of what other sort of revenue streams or sort of marketing things do you do? Um. So social media. Um, so we, we post stuff on Facebook, we do Facebook ads. Yeah. Um, LinkedIn has been really, really good for us since, especially since we went full time. Yeah. That's been, that's probably brought around 30% of the business we've done has come from LinkedIn over the last couple of months, which has shocked me actually as to mm-hmm. how, how good that's been. Mm-hmm. Um, we do leaflets a little bit. I made a post a little while ago about some leaflets I had <laughs> left over that, um, Laura made for us a few yeah. years ago. I actually, um, in the end, my hairdresser said I could put them in her barber shop. <laughs> okay. So I got ChatGPT to write a poem <laughs> about getting your hair cut and leasing a car. Nice. I printed that on the back of the leaflets and put them in the barber shop in Narborough. So just little things like that. Can you remember like the that. poem? Uh, no, I'll dig it out for <laughs> Please you. Please do. It was, I think the title, was, the title was a poem about having your hair cut and leasing a car. And it was, it was a bit... A bit jovial. It wasn't, like you know, it, it wasn't like too it. serious. I just yeah, thought yeah. if I put these leaflets in, people are going to look at them and and disregard them. See leaflets everywhere, don't you? And yeah. You don't really look at them. But if you flip it over and read the poem on the back, 
it might make you laugh. Yeah. It might yeah, stick yeah. in your memory and you might scan the QR code on the bottom. Definitely. So definitely that, yeah. that was the plan. Um, Humor is definitely um, a really, really easy way just to win over the hearts of your customers sometimes. And it, it makes it more memorable. It does. You know, there's there's so much marketing out there that's, that's sort of cold and predictable when it is a little bit funnier. I mean, yeah, you might not sort of get a bite straight away, or but who knows if it's stuck in someone's head. Like, they might have left after that haircut. Yeah. A few months go by and... That poem springs to mind when they're looking Sticks at a car. In the head. Yeah, they might go home and tell somebody about it or, you know, yeah. screenshot it and send it to them or something like that. So, yeah, definitely a bit of humour. Um, I don't I don't take things too seriously is my yeah, personality. Yeah. So, you know, if I can ingrain <laughs> a bit of humour. And actually, if you look at big companies now, their marketing is generally a little bit more jovial. Yeah, it's not it too serious. Yeah. People are almost turned off a little bit by stuff that's too direct. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think if you can make it more personable, especially with social media type stuff, oh, definitely, you've got yeah, a much yeah. better chance of of getting a response to it. Yeah. We do a few other things. We've got a we sponsored a um, advertising board at a local football club. Okay, yeah, so yeah. that that's up. That's been there a couple of yeah. years. How do you sort of measure that? Is there a way that you sort of keep your eye on the return from that? Um, no, it's my honest answer. It's just got our normal contact details yeah. on there on the website. It was it was relatively cheap. Yeah. Um, it's more just a bit. Of, a bit of local awareness really okay. i've been associated with that club for all my life really so i thought i'd give a little bit back nice you know contribute a bit to their their sponsorship money and have a board put up so okay. yeah that's out there um cool. but other than that it's just the normal normal advertising yeah roots really of of google and bing yeah. i've been doing bing recently yeah yeah that's up and coming bing now not many businesses do how are you finding bing as a platform um i was shocked actually that we weren't on there in the way i thought we should have been the website was on there but the um, the business page wasn't on there, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I've updated that listing and had it verified and such. Cool. And I can see already it's starting to get a few organic rankings and a few nice. clicks. So yeah, yeah. I'm hoping that will continue in that vein. Yeah, um, yeah. We do a few paid adverts on Facebook, on Reddit mm-hmm. even. Mm-hmm. We did a little trial on. Oh, okay. What sort of um, assets do you use? Is it mostly sort of imagery, carousels, video? What, what do you find works better, I guess, for you? Um, generally imagery carousels yeah, yeah a couple of different images specific cars mm-hmm. have worked quite well um because we can target the right kind of audience yeah, for yeah, facebook definitely. yeah that leads to a form what's been the sort of thing that you've tried that you've gone nope never again have you done anything Ooh. that's made you think that um never again i don't know really i wouldn't say never again to anything mm. particularly maybe the reddit ads yeah just because of the demographic is probably not exactly what we're looking yeah, for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I would say, I would say with my limited marketing experience, not everything that we've done has been done as well as it could have been done. Okay. Which is me being honest. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's not my background. It, it's a common thing though, isn't it? When you try it for the first time, it's really, especially when you're not like au fait with social media and stuff. It's yeah. not natural. It's difficult. Yeah. Um, so I completely get that. But have you sort of, has it become easier, I guess, over the last It's definitely few become easier. Yeah. yeah. Because I've learned to recognise the must-dos and must-not-dos <laughs> yeah. of things. And I've yeah, learned yeah. as well to look at what my competitors are doing. Yeah, that's you a know, big part. If I can see their Google ads... Then I can look at it and say, okay, well, that looks good. That doesn't yeah, look yeah. so good. How can I get, get myself in between there? Yeah. What do I need to do to be slightly different and stand out? So that, I think, wraps up for me a lot of the business things and stuff that I wanted to add. Is there anything that you want to add in before I ask you some silly questions? Um, anything you want people to know or you want to go over? I think just going back to what you said at the start, you asked me what 
um, what mistakes I've made or what I'd do differently. Yeah. And everybody gave the same answer of start it sooner. Yeah. If I could go back and tell myself one thing other than to buy Bitcoin, it would be <laughs> um, <laughs> it would be definitely to start it sooner. Yeah. And it doesn't even have to be on a big scale. It, you know, don't quit your job yeah. to go and start something tomorrow, but go and start something tomorrow and yeah. just start it off small and just see what you can make of it. And you never know where it could take you. And that doesn't matter if you're 18 and fresh out of school <laughs> or 48 and you've been in a career for most of your life. Yeah. If you've got an idea go and have a go and see yeah, what you can yeah. make of it because you just yeah. don't know what doors it could open. Absolutely. I think you owe it to yourself, don't you, as well? Yeah, you, you do know. owe it to yourself. Yeah, definitely. Because my biggest regret, and certainly when I left my employment, was I was not I was never scared of failure. Mm -hmm. I was mm -hmm. scared of not trying. Yeah. yeah I never yeah. wanted to, to finish my career and look back and say, okay, I, yeah, I had a great career, but I never really yeah. tried what something I wanted to do. It's better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all, I think, <laughs> is the saying, isn't it? Yeah, so, yeah. Well, I guess, like, we live in a world where all we see is success. And again, we spoke about this, actually, on, on one of the recent episodes. If you look on LinkedIn, you look on social media, and a lot of what you see is people's success stories. Yeah. You never learn anything from success, really. No. It's in the mistakes that you make. And I think people are so scared to share their stories about their mistakes or things they've done wrong, that the only things we see on the outside world are like people doing amazing, Doing great, well. celebrating, yeah. yeah. And I think that puts pressure on us as individuals. As, well, I could take this risk tomorrow, but if it's not a success, like I'm not like an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think we just need a bit of a reality check and actually start looking at failures a little bit more and being open about them. And if people did that more, especially on social media... Um, especially for younger people as well. Like, yeah. I think that would have a huge effect. And you may have started up sooner if these things were, were spoken about a bit more. Yeah, definitely. I mean, of all the people I've spoken to since I started the business, certainly since I announced that I was leaving my employment to do it full time, yeah. I would say I've spoke to 100 people and 99 of them give me positive positive feedback yeah. of, or, or encouragement or go and do it, You know, make the yeah, most yeah, of it, enjoy yeah. it, be what whatever you want to be. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and I think if I think if you take away that fear of failure yeah. and the fear of embarrassment, I think it's probably a good way of putting it. Yeah. Nothing is permanent. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If for whatever reason it, it wasn't a success, then I could still go and get a job. It doesn't change yeah, your yeah. employability. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, there's always that there. I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily want to go back and do that now, but I always knew that I had that available to me if I needed it. And therefore, cool. you know, what am I? The only thing I'm afraid of is my own self-doubt. Yeah. Yeah. I can uh, I can completely get on board with that. Yeah, I think a lot of us, um, although we probably don't admit it, feel the same sort of thing. Yeah, um, I think there's a lot of anxiety and that self doubt and overthinking and stuff that a lot of people experience, but don't necessarily either admit to themselves or to those around them. Yeah, um, I think people call it imposter syndrome, don't they? When absolutely they feel like, well, yeah. you know, should I be sat here? Should I be doing this? Yeah, can I do it? And I found myself a couple of times when I've been to meetings over the last couple of months. I've sort of stood outside and thought, I'm, you know, I'm a bit mm. nervous or, yeah, yeah. you know, I've got my heart in my mouth a little bit. And I remind myself, actually, I do belong here. Yeah. I'm here yeah. because I know what I'm talking about and yeah. and, and I've run this business and therefore I'm going to go in and talk about this Absolutely. business. And this today is a, a fine example of that. Yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, it's it's not easy coming in and sitting on the podcast and, and nattering for a bit, especially for your first time. But yeah. you do have to push those comfort zones a little bit because nothing ever came from a comfort zone. Absolutely. Um, but it's almost like I, I get it a lot where I have like the angel and devil on my shoulder, especially like the imposter syndrome thing. Yeah. It's sort of like one side will be like, right, you're right where you need to be. You're doing well. Keep it going. This side will be like, 
you don't actually know what you're doing <laughs> and you're not actually where you need to be. <laughs> yeah. And I guess it's like you said, it's just finding that confidence to say, actually, no, I'm here. I'm here for a reason. Yeah. I know what I'm doing. And, you know, let, let's do this. What's the worst that could happen? Exactly. If you try something and, and it doesn't work out as you expected, mm-hmm. there's not really much that can go wrong other than you wake up tomorrow and say, I'm going to do something different today because yeah. that didn't work <laughs> yesterday. That's that's it, really. And yeah. that's, you know, I think about when I used to make cold calls when I was younger and, you know, you'd be daunted by picking up the phone. But actually, yeah, yeah. and I've had this conversation with... Um, in management, when I've got salespeople that are working for me, if you like, yep. they don't, they're not keen on picking up the phone or talking to people because they don't like what kind of reaction they might get. Sure. Yep. But I say to them, what's the worst that could happen? The worst thing that could happen is that person hangs up on you. Yeah. That is literally it. There's nothing, wor- nothing more that could happen yeah, yeah, yeah. than that. And then, you know, you move on and, and they don't remember and you don't remember. So that's it, isn't it? take a risk. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a really, really good note to, uh, to finish on before we go into some of the sillier questions. Questionable questions. I'm looking forward to these silly questions. Are you familiar with how these work? Are you, um, have you listened to any? I listened to the one that you did yesterday, although yeah. you ducked out of the silly questions. We did. I think, so, yeah. Um, go for it. <laughs> I might have a few for you at the end as well, so be careful <laughs> That's where you fine. tread. That's fine. <laughs> um, I'll give you a chance at the end. Uh, you've been given an elephant. Do you sell it or do you keep it oh. and why? Um what did they do in The Simpsons? They rented it out, didn't they? So I think mm-hmm. I'd keep it. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't rent it out. That sounds a bit wrong. But I think I'd keep it, just let it stroll around. Yeah. Just have it as a bit of a, like a uh, like a guard dog, but an elephant <laughs> version. Guard dog with a trunk. Guard dog with a trunk, yeah. <laughs> that would just, you know, keep people away. <laughs> <laughs> if you were to look your name up in the dictionary, what would the definition be? Um, What would be the definition? God, I've got absolutely no idea. Family man, businessman, football man. Full stop. Nice. Easy, concise. Yeah, I think that would be it. They're the car man. I'd probably put that in there as well. Alpha anorak? Not an alpha anorak. <laughs> alpha lover, not an anorak. <laughs> I'm not old enough to be called it, to be classified as an anorak, I don't think. Yeah, you need a few more wrinkles. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> what would be the reason that you'd go to prison? Oof. Um, the reason I'd go to prison. <laughs> wow. Um, my wife's a lawyer, by the way, so I wouldn't go to prison. But is <laughs> <laughs> she criminal defence? No, she isn't. But she knows enough people. Um, unless she was the one that sent me to prison. Though, in which case, I'd have no tables chance. are turned. <laughs> yeah. The reason I go to prison. Um, I don't know. I can't even answer that. How could I possibly answer that and come out with any kind of credibility? Credibility whatsoever. Yeah. Um, I will email you my answer to that okay, one. Okay, okay. I'll share that in the podcast notes in a few weeks. Would you rather own a horse the size of a dog or a dog the size of a horse? Uh, definitely a horse the size of a dog. Okay. I'm not a big dog lover. I don't mind the small ones. Oh, come on, Jay. I don't mind the small... Well... You can't friend, say that in this office. A friend of mine's got one of them little sausage dogs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. I like him. I like Dachshunds. Um... I don't mind. I don't mind small dogs. Yeah, but I don't like the big ones that like look like a bear. Mm. I saw loads of them in Wales last week, and there were some <laughs> monster dogs wandering around. That I just thought, <laughs> keep that on the leash. It'll probably bite my arm off. Um, is, is that a fear, or are you just not fond? Um, I wouldn't say it's a fear, but I'm a cat lover. You see, oh, I've okay. always You're had a cat. cat. I grew up with cats. Yeah, and therefore you kind of you generally want all the other, aren't you? So yeah, yeah. Although my cat so. is almost as big as a dog, is mm-hmm. still ultimately a cat. 
Wow. If we were to go through your search history, what's the weirdest <laughs> thing we'd find? What's the weirdest thing you'd find? Uh... Probably when I just ask Google really specific questions and it doesn't give me any kind of a, <laughs> a response anywhere near what I'm looking for. Um, the weirdest thing I'd, you'd find... Probably related to sort of travelling and stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm always looking at where I could go or what kind of trip I could go on that's absolutely ludicrous and totally unrealistic and totally nice. unaffordable. Nice. Um, that makes up a lot of my search history. Or things <laughs> like um, I was looking at Euro tickets for Germany, yep. Euro 24 last week. Things like that would crop up quite often. Nice. Hairbrain ideas that have got little foundation and are yeah. unlikely to be seen through to the end. <laughs> For one reason or another. So many unfulfilled dreams. Or cars. Yeah, if you went on auto trader, you'd see me looking at 50, 60 grand cars. That There's no way I can afford them. Um, but especially when somebody orders a car like that from us, yeah. I'm like, oh, that's nice. I'll have a look at that on yeah. on auto trader, see what see what kind of second-hand version I can get. And I still can't afford them because oh, they're well out of my price range. I guess that's really difficult. You know, when you're selling them to someone, you're giving someone the car and you're thinking, God, I really want that. I, re I had a guy last week who wanted an 8 Series BMW and I'd seen one before and I knew I couldn't afford one, but I couldn't help but look them up yeah. as a, I couldn't afford the lease or a used version of them. But yeah, um, yeah I got really into the different <laughs> variants of it and oh, I can have that pack on it and no, I can't have any of it. So dreamer, I'm a bit of a dreamer when it yeah. comes to search history, I suppose. Yeah, no, I think, I think that's good. That's good. Would you rather have, hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to think how much I go with it, how far I go. Go all the way, go all the way. Okay, would you rather have boobs on your head or boobs on your bum? Um, on the bum, I think. Yeah. Sit down on them, a bit, Comf bit more cushioned. Comfy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's been great having you on, James. It's been lovely hearing about your story and, you know, your Thank views you. on success. And Thanks for the invite. You know, really, really nice talking to you. If, you know, if people are listening to this and sort of think, you know what, I fancy an 8-series Beamer, or anything else, where yeah. can they find you? Uh, they can find us at ready to lease ready number 2 leasecouk You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on LinkedIn. You can email us. You could find us on Instagram, but I'm not much of a grammar, if you like. <laughs> okay. So that's probably not the best route to go. Yep. But yeah, pick up the phone, find us, email us, um, or come and see us in Aylston, yep. if you like. Our office yep. is not particularly glamorous, but... That doesn't matter. We'd welcome you in and make you a drink and do what we can to help. As long as the coffee's good. So the coffee matters, is good. Right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, we only have... I'm a bit of a coffee snob. So, nice. um, yeah. Always good. <laughs> no tea, unfortunately, but good. definitely good coffee. And Fair there's enough. always chocolate. There's always biscuits on the go. I'll pop some details in the show notes as well for anyone that's listening um, of where to contact James and how to find him. And, yeah, thanks very much. If you have any questions, send them in. Great. Thank you, James. Brilliant. Thanks, Adam.